If you're looking for great Christian content, we want to encourage you to check out peachtreepress.org. Peachtree Press LLC offers digital products, journals, books, Bible study guides, sermon outlines, Christian blogs, and church notebooks for children and adults. Some products are also available as print on demand. Peachtree Press is a sponsor of this program and a partner in offering authentic Christian content. For more information, check out peachtreepress.org. Welcome back, rappers, to our fourth season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button or follow us for content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com for sermons, weekly blogs, books, study guides, and lots of free stuff. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's program. See you here this morning. If you are visiting with us, we're glad to have you and I want to just tell you how blessed we are to have you with us this morning for our worship assembly. Hope you'll come back and be with us again every opportunity that you have. Uh, This morning, Roger leaned up and uh, said, what about the ducks? So I want to remind you about the ducks. So see on our screen and seeing the bullets in these little ducks, if you're visiting with us and you've not heard this story, we started this series talking about how we're, you know, you talk about if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And the whole theme of James is to actually put your faith into action. So uh, uh, the first Sunday, I had, I guess, 250 ducks here in the front uh, to give away little ducks. And Cody said, your duck's too small. So uh, he let me borrow this big duck. Now, I'm going to give it back to you, Cody, after today, okay? He's let me keep it for about three or four weeks. I've had a lot of fun watching it, but uh, I'm going to pass it back to him uh, after this morning. But it's a reminder that in our Christian walk, we need to be active. We need to be putting our faith into action. And this morning, we'll see how we can do that with what we say. Now, James 3, there's two sections here. We'll get to part of it today and the rest next week that really show us what it means to talk like a Christian. If you have your Bibles, open up there to James chapter 3, and we will begin uh, at verse 1. Now, as Hayden just read for us this text... We're reminded that as a Christian, if I'm walking with the Lord and I'm talking like Christ, I am authentic. I am real in the way that I approach other people. This morning in our class, the Foundations class, we were talking about how if we want to be evangelistic, first of all, you've got to know the material. You've got to know what you're going to talk about, talk about your story, how you became a Christian. You're going to share words from the Word of God, looking at worship, looking at salvation, whatever the topics may be that you use. But... In personal evangelism, you've got to be real with people. You have to be able to communicate to people on their level, and that means that you've got to be cautious in how you also listen. And as we speak, we're going to talk about this the next two weeks, we also have to think about listening to other people. Our speech is often uh, just, you know, what we've thought about in our head or something that's been on our heart, but we also have to be attentive to the people that we are talking to. And yes, sometimes it is the wrong time to say the right thing. You need to be careful in how you approach people. We'll see how to do that in our time together this morning. What do we know about the tongue according to the text we just read? First of all, in verse 1, we know that as wise Christians, we should know that the tongue directs. What I mean by that? It directs us in the direction we should go. Look here as it says, my brethren, let not many of you be teachers, knowing that receive a stricter judgment. The caution there is to be careful how you talk to people, how you approach people, 
how you converse with people. And sometimes within the Lord's church, we've, we've been accused of not being so understanding, that maybe we've been harsh or judgmental. Some people will say, well, I, there's a lot of Christians I know that are really harsh and judgmental, and that may be true. And there may be individuals that are critical. And there's a difference between knowing what is right and what is wrong and becoming somewhat pious in presenting what is right and what is wrong. If our tongue is directed by our mind, not just our heart, but our mind, we might actually be more careful and selective in how we talk to people. Notice he says teachers are going to be held more accountable. Now, now Luke talks about that also uh, in chapter 20. And the speaking here to the people has great influence. So James is directing part of this towards the the minister, to the elders of the church, to be careful in how you talk about things. In fact, it's very warned, very, very harsh warning that is given to the teachers that you're held to a higher account. Because when you stand up before people and you proclaim the word of God, you need to be careful in how you present it. Now, there's nothing wrong with a few times having a, one of those old school hellfire and dem, damnation sermons, you know. Sometimes we need to get that, right? We need to have that fire sometimes to, to make a change or to repent of sin. But when we approach people with the gospel, we have to have the attitude of Jesus and that our words are selective to hit them right where it needs to, right in the heart. It's not step on toes, but simply aim for the heart. Christian teachers also need to be cautious as it says there, to receive a stricter judgment. Basically, the Greek says, will be judged with great strictness. So be careful when you talk to people and how you present the gospel. Number two, wise Christians ought to know that their tongue disturbs. Sometimes you can say things that will hurt. Sometimes people as Christians will say things that will do damage, not just to the relationship between you and that other person, but maybe even for generations of people. We had a problem in our congregation one time. I was worshiping in Missouri, and I use a lot of illustrations from places I've been, so I won't mention the specific congregation, but if they're watching online, they know what I'm talking about. But we had a congregation who, uh, we had an elder, a man was put up as an elder, and the congregation had decided that they didn't want this individual to serve because they said his wife unqualified him. It became a very strong issue for the congregation because the woman had a problem talking, okay? Not always positive communication. And that was very hard for individuals to come, because usually churches will say, uh, if there's someone who's put in as an elder, you know, if you have any uh, complaint or any reason by which you think this man shouldn't serve, please give it to uh, the elders. And it's hard to do that. And they did. Several people came forward and said that we don't feel this man is qualified. And so even the spouse can unqualify the man. The woman can unqualify the man for the eldership. So we need to be careful in how we talk. Sometimes, even when I go back to that town, people say, oh, we know about that church. That's the church that split three times and had all these kinds of issues. And so the church can receive a bad reputation because of one person's mouth. You don't want to be known as the congregation, and we don't want to be known as the individual that gossips or lies or does anything that is deceptive. The tongue can disturb people. You say, I don't want to be like that person, and if that person goes to that congregation, I don't want to be a part of that congregation. And so be careful how you speak. Here in verse 2, he says, we all stumble in many things. If anyone doesn't stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. 
Sometimes along the way, we will make mistakes, we will stumble, we will fall, we, we make foolish statements, we often tell things because we got it from a reliable source, right? And then we find out we were wrong, or maybe we are too proud to admit that we are wrong and damage has already been done. So we have to be guarded, cautious in how we talk. Number three, wise Christians know that the tongue can deceive Look here at verses 3 and 4. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Christians see that if the horse is in the mouth directing the horse where to go, that little bit is in the mouth of the horse to be directed. We need to be careful what's in our mouth as it directs our way. So if this book is all about faith in action, he's saying that what we say is a reflection of who we are. That reminds us also of the proverb, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you're turning in a direction, you're making a decision to move in one way or another, and that is being seen not only through your actions, but also through your mouth, it's very hard to return, to be able to come back from that and say, well, I didn't really believe that, or I shouldn't have said that. He says, like a, a rudder in a ship, uh, not just the horse's bit, but also a rudder in a ship can direct, be careful. Uh, I had a, a, an elder we knew that was a, a tugboat captain, and he was telling us that they were on this journey, and he had, a, I don't remember if it was a phone call or something came up, and he had told uh, his assistant uh, that he needed to start making the turn for the bridge that was like six miles up the road, or up the, up the river, six miles. And he said, so when you get to this marker, I want you to start getting over to the left side of the canal to make that turn at the end. And when he came back, they had uh, about three or four miles to go, I think. And he said, you need to call ahead. We're going to hit the bridge. Go ahead and call ahead. And they said, why? We're, we're, we're miles from it here. How are we going to? He said, you should have started making the turn here. There is no way we can overcorrect this thing to be able to not do it. And sure enough, they collided with the bridge. Now, it wasn't as big as a collision as it could have been if, it, if the captain hadn't come back up to the top. But he said he had to be re responsible for that. And he told his superiors, it's my fault. I allowed him to make the turn. I told him what he needed to do. But because I delegated that authority, he said, it's my responsibility so if the person who's in charge is responsible for what is done, they also affect everyone else around them. So if you make a bad decision or you say something or you do something that is not in line with the will of God, you're not just going to hurt yourself and maybe those around you. You may hurt many other people. Well, they collided with that bridge. They didn't know if they were going to knock the whole bridge out. And he said that was a lesson to me for many years. He had to be on a, a probationary period because he had made that decision that his guy, his um, co-captain or whatever, would be able to handle it, and he could not handle it. That little rudder needs to be guided and directed long before the turn is fully made. So we need to pray before we talk to people. We need to be educated in the Word of God before we talk to people. And be careful to say what needs to be said, but say it in love. Number four, one thing we also know as wise Christians is that the tongue can destroy. Within our words, we can either build up or we can tear down. Here James says, even so the tongue is a little member and the boasts great things. See how great a forest, a, a, a little fire kindles. 
And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Christians need to see the destructive nature of the tongue. And so he uses the example of a fire. Now, if you've ever uh, worked in your yard and burned leaves or burned some tree limbs, on a windy day, you know how quickly a fire can get out of control. When I was in high school, I worked as a volunteer for a fire department, and it was a lot of fun uh, being able to go out and, and work and serve the community. But there were times that when we had to put out brush fires, we were unsure if it was going to get to a house. And so we would go and we'd have to lay down a fire line. They'd give us these Indian packs, what they called them. I wasn't offended by that. I'm a Native American, so I don't mind. But put on that Indian pack. Thank you, Brandon. Put that Indian pack on. I go out and I start putting out the fire there, making a fire line. And we would make sure that the fire didn't go any farther than right here. Sometimes you'd start another fire to burn towards the fire. It's, it's complicated. But as we would do that, there were times that we would get out in the middle of the fire. and We didn't know if we were going to make it out in the middle of the forest. We had a friend one time, his pack jammed. And he was in the circle as it was closing. And we had to run and put down the fire really quickly. And that entire fire that burned acres, we were able to put out, but not before it destroyed a lot of trees and a lot of property, not houses, luckily. But it all was because somebody threw a cigarette butt out the window. That's what they determined that caused this brush fire. Oh, that's crazy that one little, probably down to the nub, you know, and they say, well, I'm just going to throw it out. And they believe that that's what caused it because it was in the ditch by the roadway. And they said, it's got to have been a cigarette butt that sparked these flames. And I think, how is that possible? But it happens. When fire spreads, it damages more than just the immediate area. Watch these wildfires. Somebody just forgets to put a fire out properly. They weren't in the Boy Scouts, right? They'd put the fire out properly and it starts to smolder and burn, and then it consumes. James says, think about that before you talk, that your words can literally destroy. Use your words for things that are positive. And notice these terms. He talks about a world of iniquity, the course of nature. And he talks about the reason why these things as they are set on fire by hell. Now, what does that mean? That means that the devil has influenced the words that are spoken. Before you speak, before you talk to someone, before you set someone down and share something with them, before you approach somebody who's going through something difficult, be careful that you pray for God to direct your mouth. Sometimes things come out and we have to pause and go, now was that of the Lord, you know, or was that from my heart? Did I say what I really, because let me tell you, some of us, some of you may be able to have this gift of discernment. But I'm telling you, sometimes people just say whatever is on the top of their mind. And I, I often think, boy, I wish I could do that. Not really, but that you just say whatever you're thinking. Children are like that. They can just say whatever. But as we mature in Christ, we realize that we cannot speak like that. We can't just say whatever we're thinking. Because sometimes our thoughts are not ordained or blessed by God. Number five, wise Christians know that the tongue disrupts. In these last two verses here of our text for today, for every kind of beast and bird, or reptile, or creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Wow, he makes it even harsher here, doesn't he? The ability to be able to control 
nature. Anybody ever been to SeaWorld? Okay, seen Shamu? One, two, three, or 16. I don't know who's running it now. They got all these, all these big whales, mammals, killer sharks. And they can stand on a platform and blow a little whistle, and that thing will come out and dance and jump through hoops. Isn't that crazy? That they can, they can train um, an animal or a, a mammal to do all kinds. You can go watch the walrus, you know? You can go to the zoo, and they got monkeys doing all kinds of tricks. And you're just like, how do they do that? James says mankind can train just about anything. You can, you can teach a, a, a dolphin to dance on the water. You know, you could teach a, you know, Shamu to jump through three hoops and then put somebody on its nose and spin around in 360, uh, all in synchronous with the songs on the speakers. Now, how is that possible? James says, as mankind, we are here to have dominion over the earth. We're supposed to be able to help control, if you will, our nature, the nature, the world. But he says there's one thing that we have the most struggle with, and that's the tongue. And he says, you know what, I don't even know if you can even control it. But our best bet is to just simply be cautious. We need to learn to tame our tongue. We need to be careful. You can't break a horse overnight, right? It starts with little things. It starts with, and that's the way it is with all these these animals that they have trained, it takes with small steps and rewarding with little treats before they get to the point where they can just about do anything. Now, I'm personally of the opinion that if the animal that I have in my house could kill me, or if I'm working with an animal that could kill me, I'm not interested. You may want to go work at Alligator Alley and stick your head in the mouth of one of those. I would not do it, not for a million dollars. But we know that there are people that can tame nature. James says if Christians are known for one thing, it is that even if you can't fully, you're still trying to tame your tongue. Careful and cautious in how you express your words. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, visit our website at rayreynoldswrap.com. If you'd like to contribute to the show, content suggestions, uh, questions, prayer requests, or even if you just want to reach out to us, you can email us at rayreynoldswrap at gmail.com. Have a great day as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.